Welcome to the Dogleg Left Project. I'm your host, Charlie Padilla. This podcast is about sharing experiences and gaining actionable insights from some of the most talented individuals in the tech community to showcase what's possible in the next steps of your career by learning from those who have already done it. Let's get started. Right. So thanks again, joining Megan Pratt. Uh, Megan is joining us. She has had an illustrious career as a product <laughs> marketer. Um, and uh, she actually was uh, a big, uh, I'm not sure if you're if you're aware of this, a big inspiration for uh, for me doing the podcast, uh, because in uh, working in ad sales at AdRoll, um, you know, working with you and uh, and and with the marketing team, uh, really just opened my eyes to you know the possibilities of what you could do in in the world of marketing with you know your career development. And so, um, you know, a lot of uh, you know me wanting to do this is to share that same knowledge and awareness of uh, different things that you can do in the career of being a marketer. So uh, thanks so much for joining um, and uh, really looking forward to digging in. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I'm excited to chat. My path into product marketing has been a little bit of a winding one. So maybe I can share a little bit and make it a little less winding for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. All right. So uh, we will actually start with, uh, you know, just a, a basic introduction. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your career progression, how you got into marketing, and then how you got into the world of product marketing. Perfect. Yeah. So I guess we can go all the way back to undergrad. I got my degree from the University of Utah. Originally, I wanted to be a journalist. So my degree is in mass communications with an emphasis on journalism. Uh, mostly I stumbled into that major because I enjoyed arguing with my professors and they were <laughs> like, you should do this, put those skills to work. Um, so that's really a skill that's paid off long-term. I didn't know it at the time. When I graduated, though, um, I was, you know, like, I'm going to go be the next Malcolm Gladwell. I'm going to move to New York or Washington or something like that. Unfortunately, the papers were folding. It was a terrible economy, graduated into a recession. So I just was like, where can I put these skills to use, make some money, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I started at a small uh, marketing firm and it was during the time when social media was pretty brand new. Google was pretty brand new, advertising on Google at least. Um, and I said, hey, I'm younger than most of you. I know about social media. I can do this for you. I can do this for our clients. So really stumbled into a great opportunity to stand up kind of what they called at the time, the new media side of their business. So Google advertising, Facebook, SEO, basically anything that had to do with the internet, they were like, that sounds like a you problem. Why don't you go ahead and take <laughs> care of that? <laughs> so worked for me. Um, and then from there, I just kind of, I went in-house and uh, worked at KSL for a little while and I was doing some digital advertising for them. I didn't know it at the time, but I was also doing product marketing, working closely with our product team. Um, and then from KSL, I actually went to AdRoll. So the way I got my job at AdRoll, I didn't even know what product marketing was when I got the job. I was just like, look, I know how to do marketing. I know how to do most of the things on this list. What I don't know how to do, I'm positive I can learn. Um, I had a conversation with the manager um, who ended up being an excellent mentor for me, told her like, I've never done this type of work before. I'm confident that I can learn. Are you comfortable mentoring me? She totally was. She's fantastic. I'm still in touch with her today. Um, yeah. So I basically said, look, I've used your solution before in my work as, uh, in, as a marketer, um, and because I, you know, the job of product marketing is really to understand the the target customer well, who can do that better than a person who is your target customer? So um, apparently it worked. Apparently they bought it. And then I got that role and I've been in product marketing ever since. Wonderful. Um, so when when we talk product marketing, because, you know, obviously there's there's 
lot of different types of marketers. And I I know that there is very frequently a misconception of what a product marketer is and what they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for any of our listeners, can you explain what a product marketer is and what they do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point that there's kind of like a misunderstanding what product marketing is. And I think there are lots of different types of product marketers. Um, and that's not necessarily, or at least in my experience, hasn't necessarily been like explicitly called out when you're looking at job descriptions. Um, so I really think about product marketers in kind of three different categories. Mm-hmm. So there's the product marketer that's pretty technical. So they're going to be working maybe on solutions that are not necessarily customer facing. They're maybe more developer focused or like core parts of the product. Um, that product marketer doesn't, is going to work on like launch processes, is going to work on technical documentation, things like that. Then there's the product marketer that maybe is a little bit more like just solely owning the product launch process. They're really a project manager first and foremost. They're owning a lot of that technical documentation, but they're also really taking the process. They're really taking the process through marketing and who's going to do what at what time, making sure kind of like all the gates are closed in terms of do we have this documentation and can we move forward? And then the third type, which is really the the bucket that I would put myself in, is more of like a messaging and positioning focused product marketer. So those are the types of product marketers who may, like me, have a background in journalism, maybe a background in traditional marketing, content marketing, sometimes even uh, people who, and we can talk a little bit about this as well, but I've hired people into messaging and positioning or like sales enablement type roles uh, from like a sales background. I find people with a customer facing sales and success background make really excellent like messaging and positioning focused product marketers as well. Yeah, and I can definitely see how that how that makes sense because from, you know, from being a, a lifelong salesperson myself. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you you spend the entire time, you know, communicating with customers, getting an understanding of what they like, what they don't like and and yeah. as part of the discovery process, you're really just, you know, understanding like what their pains and what their needs are uh and then you know customizing and providing a a, a custom solution for them uh, and really you know that's where all of your positioning comes from so if yeah. that is where your roots are and then when you speak to product marketing where you're really trying to understand like what are the needs of the customer it's like oh well I, yeah. I, I speak to customers all the time all I know how years. to do that yeah. yeah exactly and I think yeah like I said before kind of the core job of a product marketer particularly that customer focused messaging and positioning focused product marketer is understanding the customers, the market, and being able to really put pen to paper and say, okay, this solution that we're launching, or even the product as a whole, here's the important features to people. First of all, you have to understand your customer to understand what features are important to them. But then you're also going to be able to say, here's the list of features that are important to people. And here's what we're going to say about those things. Mm -hmm. And then that carries through to how you might write the website content. Product marketing is often involved with that or a sales deck or a sales enablement training that you might put together and equip your sales team to say like, okay, we've done some research here and here's the things that you should be prepared to talk about questions to answer, things like that. Um, So really anytime like, product knowledge touches the customer, product marketing should be involved in that. Often I kind of draw like a Venn diagram with product marketing at the middle and there's like sales, success, executive teams, all of those different types of things. There's different overlaps. Product marketing, you know, is uniquely kind of at the center of a lot of those things, Mm -hmm. which makes for a busy meeting schedule because, you know, you're kind of trying to get everybody, pick everybody's brain, get everybody's knowledge. I'm I'm always down for like one-on-ones with people because that's the best opportunity for me to learn and listen. Um, But yeah, we're at kind of the center of almost everything that happens besides finance, luckily for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, and, and honestly, that makes sense because you know it, you see it all the time, all over LinkedIn, and you know in every company yeah. that I've ever been in is like you know there there oftentimes is a disconnect between marketing and sales, and yeah. so especially when you talk about product marketing, um, you know that that's where 
there can be a, a potential for a huge miss. Um, yeah. you know, I, I remember a time when, uh, I was at Pinterest and, uh, there was a new product that was coming out, which was the conversion optimization. And it was extremely exciting because, you know, effectively, you know, the algorithm would automate delivery, uh, towards a target CPA. Mm-hmm. And everybody was super excited about it. Um, and there was this big, you know, marketing launch of it's available, but it actually wasn't available even for like two months after Ouch. that. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, it was one of those really awkward times for us where it was like, everybody, everybody wanted it. And I was like, you know, we do too, but it's just not, yeah. not available yet. And I think, right. I think when, um, you know, when there's that disconnect, like that was a really severe case, obviously, but when there's that disconnect, like it, it really, um, can have a detrimental effect, but also conversely when it's done right and, uh, and, and communication is open and marketing, you know, provides not just information on like, there's a product release coming out, but like you mentioned, yeah. Sales enablement resources, client-facing one-sheeters that can be provided. Um, when it's done right, it can be really impactful. And I can tell you from from a salesperson's point of view, especially in the ad sales world, uh, you know, having that documentation uh, can really, really make uh, you know driving net new customers uh, who are excited about the new product much, much more effective and much easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think you made a lot of good points about kind of the connection between marketing and sales. And there's a totally a conversation to be had about like, how do you align marketing and sales? And there are, you know, you've seen right. those those conversations as well as much as I have. But and I think, you know, aligning KPIs and things like that, totally important. But my opinion is that if you don't have that product marketer who's focused on building relationships with the sales and success sides, who's focused on, you know, listening to the things that sales and success say they need, and then very quickly providing those things, you can have aligned KPIs and you can still have that disconnect between marketing and sales mm-hmm. because those KPIs are the endpoint and that's fantastic. We should all have that endpoint and that goal. But the day-to-day work really comes from having a good product marketer, a good product marketing leader who really values those relationships, builds those relationships, and tries to and sees sales and success as customers of theirs, you know, my goal is always to, you know, when I first start a new role as a product marketer, first, I want to listen, you know, I want to meet with people like you and like all across the business and just say like, what's your perception of product marketing? I want to understand that first. And how do you think I can help? You know, what are your goals for me? Basically, then of course we can kind of like work to correct misconceptions. We can do check some of the things off the list that you want to check off, but I think product marketing can be such a powerful uh, accelerant of that product marketing alignment. And I think you can see that that outcome in things like, hey, we're churning fewer customers because we're launching things on time and we're mm-hmm. setting correct expectations. We're talking about things accurately and we're all talking about them in the same way or you know, whatever it is that you're driving towards. There are tangible outcomes to those things. Right. No. And that's, that's, that's huge. A, a question, like as, as you're, as you're speaking to, um, you know, all of the work that you do in product marketing and preparing documentation, preparing trainings, making sure that there's open communication so that you can, you know, help the sales teams and, you know, the customer success teams with their positioning of new products, uh, in, in that work, um, is there opportunities to influence the actual product itself? Um, so like when it comes to like, you're, you've got all of this awesome feedback from all of the frontline, uh, you know, everybody on the front line, um, is, is there ever a point where it makes sense for all of the information that you have? It's like, well, maybe we should focus on developing a feature that's X, Y, Z, because all of the feedback that we have is that this is what customers want. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think obviously it's going to change based on the environment that you're in, Mm -hmm. but in my favorite companies that I've worked for, I am not only partnering with the sales side, but I'm also having regular meetings with the product side. And, you know, I'm married to a product manager as well. So I get like a little bit of an in-depth view into kind of what they want and I can speak to them and things like that. But I think the very best product managers and the very best product marketers overlap a lot. And we see that overlap as a superpower. Mm -hmm. And we're able to say like, okay, 
product management, you are going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to own the roadmap. You are going to really deeply understand how people use the product. You're going to have, they really, if you talk to a great product manager, they have like a great long-term vision of how they see the product, the product value, those different types of things. And then product managers, we can help fill in the gaps of like, you know, I'm hearing this on the sales side and X, Y, and Z feature are really resonating more of this, you know, Mm -hmm. or let me help you see, let me help understand that vision that you have. And how can we start planting the seeds for that today? So that when you do launch those things, there's better adoption of those things. We get more information. We'll sit side by side and do customer interviews together where I will, you know, I'll ask questions. They'll ask questions. Um, product marketing is also often doing a lot of things like win loss analysis or, um, churn analysis and things like that. And we're able to bring that type of data and information to our partners on the product management side and say, I've done a bunch of product or win loss analysis. We're winning deals because we have this and we're losing deals because we don't have this. What can we do to prioritize that? Close some of those gaps. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed partnering with, um, product management as well. And I think if product marketing is able to have a seat at the product management table, that really just makes like this really nice loop where then I'm able to say, great, I know what's coming on your plate, even three, six months down the road, I'm able to make an effective plan to make sure that the sales team's more involved and earlier on when we're getting beta customers, when we're, you know, launching these things, we can really give our sales team, you know, two months of great training so that by the time it launches, it's just like second nature to talk about this thing, you know? Um, So the more I can get involved with that, the happier I am as a product marketing leader. (laughs) Awesome. And, you know, something that, uh, that you've mentioned a few times and, you know, to, to avoid confusion for anybody who's listening, um, yeah. you know, there's, uh, there's product marketers, which is, mm-hmm. which is your role and, and yep. where you live. And then there's product managers. What, uh, on a high level, you don't have to go into it too far, but on a high yeah. level, what do product managers do? And what is that really, what is that like, you know, cause you mentioned like healthy communication, really partnering yeah. with each other, providing information, but, um, can you go a little bit further into like what, what that relationship looks like? Yeah. So at a high level, product managers are really responsible for uh, product managers are often kind of referred to as like the mini CEO of the product. So they'll usually if there's multiple product lines, there will be like one product manager per product line. Sometimes it's per like focus area or persona. Sometimes there's just a bunch kind of working on different things. Um, My experience has mostly been in like product lines. So for instance, um, at AdRoll, AdRoll email. So working with just one product manager who's just focusing on the email section of the product. And they, like a CEO, are it really in charge of like charting the path uh, for the product. So what are we going to do here to like, what is minim- minimal viable launch look like for us? Meaning, what do we need in order to just like stand up a product and get people using it? But then what are, what's our long-term vision here? Like, who are we serving? What do we want them to be able to do with the product? How is that different from our competitors? What are some of the opportunities we have to maybe partner with other companies that are doing similar things that add to what we're doing? They're really thinking in like an, a mini executive. And I think like that, the product marketer is kind of like a mini C. E-C-M-O, too many C's and too many O's. (laughs) We're like a mini C-M-O for specific products usually. So usually there's a product manager dedicated to um, one, maybe two product managers. So product marketing is kind of spread a little more thin just because there's a little bit, I guess, less to do in some of the areas. It's a little bit less in the weeds, I guess you could say. But we're kind of charting the path for, okay, how are we going to talk about this thing? We know what you've dedicated your time and energy to figuring out what this thing is. Now I get to figure out who it's for, what we're going to say about it, what our launch plan is, when is the best time for us to launch this too? Timing is everything. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of, as I'm talking about that, you can kind of hear the overlap. So we're both kind of hashing out who do we think this thing is for? We're both really heavily involved in understanding who the customer is. 
we're both really invested in, you know, getting feedback on the product and making sure that we're understanding uh, the general perceptions of the product, both internally and externally. Then the product manager is going to work directly with developers um, and designers, product designers, to actually make their plans come to fruition. Um, I, as a product marketer, generally don't work with our development teams um, very often. I'm kind of one level removed from them. But then once that thing is kind of pretty much fully baked, I, as a product marketer, am responsible for saying, I need uh, this amount of time for a launch, and this these are the activities that are going to be done. Here's the information I need from you. Here's how we're going to work together. A lot of the time, I'll try and really put my product managers in kind of the passenger seat or driver's seat with me on the launch. So they, because they really feel a sense of ownership over what they're building and they want to, and I want them to have kind of this moment in the sun when it's all launched and how can we feature them and feature the great expertise that they have. So that partnership, like the partnership with sales can really be, um, can really be an accelerant to our success if we're handling it correctly and really being clear about swim lanes, but also the places that we overlap. Right. And no, I think that's awesome, especially when you talk about like highlighting all of their efforts, because yeah. it's it's so often, especially like as as a seller myself, they hear of the new product coming out. You hear of all the, you know, cool, new, shiny bells and whistles that yeah. it has. But you never hear about the product manager and the person that yeah. put all of the legwork and, and grind into really helping it to, to come to fruition. And especially the same right. thing with with product marketers. It's a similar it's a similar vein where you hear about the product and a little bit less on, you know, know what goes on behind the behind the curtain to to make it happen. Sure. Yeah. I think most of us product marketers or maybe I can just speak for myself but we're happy to be a little bit behind the scenes like you know I think about myself still I like I mentioned before I have my degree in journalism. I still think about myself a lot like I was a, a journalist just embedded in the organization just hunting for stories and in that vein like I'm happy to have the byline, but not be the person featured in the article, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. It does so does. I'm doing the interview. I'm like talking to people. I'm writing the story. I'm crafting the narrative. I'm figuring out when it's going to be published, things like that. But all you see of me is kind of like, you know, you can hear my flavor if you know my writing and you can see my name in the byline. And I'm happy for that to be the case. I think a lot of us product, product marketers feel the same. Awesome. Um, you know, something I, w I actually want to circle back on, because uh, I, you know, I, this is something that is, is truly exciting to me um, is, is, you know, when you talk about when you um, when you're hiring for a role, whether it's like as a product marketer, um, you know, because you being a manager or a director, you have the opportunity to onboard new product marketers um, mm -hmm. or moving into sales enablement, um, like leaning into people with a sales background, whether they're BDRs, yeah. SDRs, or they come from like a true sales sales background. Um, you know, that's a transition that, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of other folks would, you know, really be excited to hear more about like how you do that. Um, yep. So what what advice would you give someone who wants to make that transition? from like a sales role or an account management role and move into marketing? Sure. Yeah. So like I said, I personally, as you know, someone who's like crafting these teams and strategies, I've hired people and I've actively prospected for people who have a sales and success background. If I'm working with a recruiter and I'm looking for a new product marketer, um, there's plenty of instances where I'll say, I really want someone who has a sales and success background. A, because I know that person's a go-getter. You can't be a salesperson without being ambitious. And that's something that's really just required to be on a product marketing team at a startup. You have to be, you know, looking for ways to make the most of, you know, what little you have, and you have to be looking for ways to go above and beyond and prove yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, second of all, because I know that salespeople, whether they maybe know how to quantify it or not, they're really good at understanding what customers need and empathizing with people. Empathy, and I'm sure you'd agree, is like number one skill for a seller. You know, you can have all the numbers skills and all the pitch deck skills and all of those types of things. But if you can't have empathy as a seller, probably not going to do great in that career. That's also something you need as a product marketer is customer empathy. 
Right. And, and uh, really a lot of what that comes down to is, you know, when, when, when you're trying to get an understanding of what the client needs, if you can't put yourself in their shoes to right. really think through it and, and, and really like get a true understanding, um, it's, it's just going to sound disingenuous. Like, because if somebody's yeah. talking to you and it, and you feel like they don't care and they're just trying to sell you something, everybody knows that feeling. Right. And, and where conversely, if it's, if they're asking questions to get a deeper understanding of, you know, I understand that you're going for, you know, a three X row as can you tell me why, like help me to get a better understanding going a, a few levels deeper. Like, um, like when you talk about a three X, is that what you have to hit to, to break even, or is that profitable for you? Like, uh, you know, are you hitting that on, a, on other platforms and really like getting yeah. that understanding and trying to, to make that connection? It, you know, it's, it, it, it definitely, you can tell the difference for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, um, usually, so I, my product marketing leadership experience has mostly been in startups where I'm kind of either bringing for the first time, like product marketing strategies, um, to like maybe a series A series B company, or I'm kind of coming in as the first product marketing leader who, you know, maybe they've had more junior product marketers who were just kind of like, taking orders, doing the things, but not necessarily establishing kind of, I guess, like an ethos. One of the first hires that I always make as a product marketing leader in that um, kind of context is someone who's going to be focused on sales enablement, because more often than not, that's something that has been severely neglected. If they don't have product marketing, they definitely don't have sales enablement. <laughs> and so that's always one of the first things that I want to check off. If we have a sales team who feels more equipped, everybody's happier. You know, the executive team's happier because we're more likely to meet goals. I'm happy because they're happy. They're happy. It's all, it's all great. So when I'm hiring someone for a sales enablement type role, a product marketing focus or a sales enablement focused product marketer, I always look for a sales focused person because who better to do that than someone who's like, oh, I know what it feels like to be a salesperson <laughs> who's unequipped, you know, and I know what I would have liked and I know how to go about and equip these people. I know how to speak their language. I know how to write a good one sheet. I can put together a sales deck. You know, they, they feel very confident in their abilities. And there are obviously things that I know with someone transferring into product marketing that I'm going to have to coach on. And I'm happy to do those things. I really enjoy coaching and helping new product marketers. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like what I'm looking for. And I think if I were a sales or success person who was looking to kind of switch into product marketing, I would probably look specifically for, and it may not be called out in like the actual title, but inside the description, someone who's going to be focusing heavily on sales enablement, or at least part of the job is sales enablement focused someone who's going to be, you know, it, maybe the job description specifically says like, you need to be able to work with stakeholders like sales and success teams. And then I think, uh, you know, when I was making my switch into product marketing, I really kind of treated myself like the product, you know, I came up with a positioning and messaging strategy for myself. I had my own pitch. I said, you know, I had certain things that I knew I wanted to highlight. I knew my differentiated benefits, you know, all the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And I really recommend that job seekers do similar things. So like, as you're looking through job descriptions and maybe it takes reading three or four or five before you're like, Hey, I think I can do this specific thing better than probably most of the candidates in the pool. So I'm just going to really go hard on that thing. And if that thing's like, look, I'm a seller. I know how to sell things. You want me working with the sales team. I can do that. Here are some examples of tangibly when I've done that. Or let me prove it to you. I just wrote a one sheet that I did based off of your website. Here's what I would do for you, you know? And I think having uh, areas where you're like, I have proven expertise and this, this, and this, my job description doesn't show it, but I've pitched in and, it, you know, I know you kind of talked a little bit about the, and at the beginning about how you got to pitch in things on, on projects with the marketing team. That's really common in startup environments. So like, why not talk about that more and be like, I raised my hand for, uh, this project that really brought, you know, customer knowledge to the rest of the team. And we developed X, Y, and Z together and it resulted in A, B, and C or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the other thing I would say too, is that I recognize that not all product marketing leaders are 
like me in that they're maybe looking for someone who just has product marketing on their resume. And that's okay. Like that's totally fine. No, not knocking those people. But I think you have to be, if you're making a career switch, you have to be okay with knowing that like not you're taking it personally, you're going to get rejected. <laughs> and it really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with like a stressed out product marketing leader who's like, look, I just need someone who can come in here and save me because I'm literally drowning and know that that's not about you, but you will find the right leader who is more than happy to coach you, who sees the value in the experience that you bring and who is pumped about what you provide your unique value. And that will be the right context for you. Um, like the quote that I always remember that I, you know, keep in mind in my business is like, what's for you can't miss you. So don't stress about the things that seem to miss you because they just weren't for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's good job advice, especially when you're trying to make a switch. Right. And, and to be very candid, moving to, uh, to a new role where your, your boss isn't convinced and isn't leaned into you is a bad start anyway. (laughs) It's a bad start. You wouldn't want to be there anyway. Yeah. I think, But I think like my experience, you know, I hadn't done product marketing until I was hired by Lara, who was the product marketing leader at AdRoll. And it ended up being a great experience for me because A, she was like, I believe in you. I know you bring a lot of great things to the table, even if it's not traditional product marketing experience. What areas do you need my help in? And I was able to say like, I really want more exposure to pricing and packaging. I've never done that before. Can I just like sit in on the meetings? She was like, great. Yeah, I'll add you to the meetings. And I learned a lot from her. She's actually a great pricing and packaging expert. And I feel fortunate to have that experience. So you, there are plenty of people like that out there. You just have to find the right ones. No, that's awesome. And even just some of the advice, because, you know, especially in the world of marketing, no matter what the what the field in marketing, um, you know, one of the things that I personally experienced was, um, you know, you get you you get the interview and, you know, immediately it's, you know, well, show me what you've done. Give me some yep. tangible in- information. And if that's yep. something you haven't done, like being able to go to the website, create your own product marketing content, create your own one cheaters, create your own like proposal decks or pitch decks based on the content that's on the website is brilliant. I honestly wish I would have thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I think. And I think the other thing I usually do that people could probably expect is if I do this all the time, but specifically if someone's transferring into product marketing without kind of a background and they maybe don't have like, I've written X amount of blog posts or websites or whatever. I'll always give people kind of like a test project that's just very limited in scope. I try and keep it as lightweight as possible because I know people are doing this on top of their day jobs and probably interviewing with a bunch of companies, but just maybe expect something like that to come about or maybe have some things in your back pocket. Because what I'll I'll usually do is I'll say like, either provide me with three to two to three examples of one cheaters that you've written or do this thing, this project. So maybe if you already have things in your back pocket, like we were just talking about, like, oh, actually I looked at your website and I prepared this custom for you, or, you know, no one asked me to do this, but I did a one sheet at my current role. And this is what I came up with. That will just save you a ton of time. And people will be really impressed. Even if they're not asking for it, if you can send it as a follow-up to like your first interview and be like, Thanks for the time. I here's an example of what I can do for you. They're gonna love that. Mm-hmm. No, and 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 I think there's a lot of examples of what you can do. So, like coming from from the ad sales world, um, you know, something that we did on the agency team for Pinterest was uh, we would we would create our own newsletters that would have mm-hmm. uh, information on you know uh, products that were coming out in alpha or beta. Um, we would come up with uh, you know any seasonal moments that were coming up. Um, so even just something like tangible like that, just you know. Don't throw it away and let it, let it die yeah. in your drive. Um, you know, keep keep track of the of the things that you do because I I think there's a lot of value in um, you know showcasing you know the work that you've done, but also when it comes to, when it it comes time when people ask you like show me what you have done, being able to you know show like this is this is how I position this product, um, this yeah. is how I position the benefit of this upcoming seasonal moment, things of that nature. 
Yeah. And I find when I'm having these types of conversations with people who want to make the switch to product marketing, when I ask them like, well, have you ever done a newsletter? Is Has there ever been a time when you had to write a slide or a one sheeter or whatever? People often don't realize that they're exercising those skills in their day-to-day jobs right now. All the time. Yeah. The time. We tend to focus on like, oh my gosh, I don't, I, I don't have that title. I don't, you know, I haven't done product launch. I haven't done these different things. But to your point, if you can focus on the things that you can do, that you have done, that you feel very well equipped to do, the reasons why you're interested in product marketing in the first place and really over-index on those things, that doesn't mean that you're not acknowledging that like, yeah, I have some learning to do in area X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to be candid with you about that and ask for opportunities to up-level myself in those areas, take responsibility for those. But I don't think we give ourselves enough credit often, especially when we're a little nervous about a new opportunity. So, you know, come in with a little bit of swagger, like I'm <laughs> so good at these three things and you'd be so lucky to have me. That doesn't mean I don't have things to work on, but I would, you know, any leader would be lucky to have me. And if you don't see that, like, sorry, I'll go to the person that, that does see that. Right. And, and even like a, you know, a perspective that's important to, to, to take note of is when you are an ad, like a, a seller or, you know, a BDR and you're creating that documentation, that's yeah. not a core part of your responsibility no. and your role. So mm-hmm. that is going above and beyond and doing extra. And, uh, I, I mean that knowing how to position that, knowing how to, 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 to talk about yourself, like, yeah. you know, my core role was this, but in order to be truly excellent at my role, these are some of the other things that I've done and that I created in order to be more successful. Um, yeah. I think, I think, you know, as, as in my time as a hiring manager, when you hear people share experiences of how they went above and beyond and how they thought outside the box, uh, in order to drive their own success is incredibly exciting from a hiring manager perspective, because, you know, if, if they can do that in that role, uh, you know, really just thinking on the fly and doing it from themselves, you know, how much more would they be able to do with your support, with guidance and like a little bit of additional direction with that same fire? Exactly. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is kind of like that go-getter spirit, that entrepreneurial spirit that I talked about. That is one of the reasons that I really like hiring sales and success folks, because I think that is a role and an industry that really breeds that, you know, like at the end of the day, your success is on, you know, your income is on the line, you know, like your success is kind of like you live and die by the next meeting. And so in my experience of salespeople, like they'll do anything to make sure that their customers are happy, to make sure that they have the information that they need to, you know, and the best salespeople, like I said, are really like, hey, I, I'm going to put my hand up and say, I don't know this thing. Or I'm going to put my hand up and say, I don't feel prepared for this. I don't like talking about this thing because I don't get good feedback on it. Or you told me to say this, this, and this, and it's not working. So let's fix it together. And that's something that is can be incredibly powerful in that relationship with sales and product marketing. But also if sales folks are like, hey, actually... I'm doing a lot of this and I'm fixing a lot of things or, you know, whatever. Why don't I just make it official and go be a product marketer? And (laughs) I think that's fantastic. I love when that happens. Yeah, because it's uh, it's one of those experiences of, you know, uh, you know, I, I always tell this for people going for promotions. Like if you want to, uh, to promote into a different role, like if you want to become a manager, if you want to do anything else, like start doing those things now, like being really good at your job is, you know, is great, but being a good seller is not going to necessarily prepare you to be a good product marketer or a good like manager or any other role. So like starting to exercise those muscles will do one, like really help you to start learning, learning the role, learning what to do. Um, But it also solidifies in your mind, like, oh, this is actually something that I enjoy doing. I can do this. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. And I think, Yeah. I think the other thing I would say is that uh, the one thing I do notice about sellers when they come into an interview is they're not necessarily great at talking about themselves, talking about like, here's what I've done. 
here's the things that I can do here are my skills. Um, and I think that's definitely, that's an easy fix, you know, like just talk about yourself a little more. <laughs> I think sellers are very good at talking about a product or kind of another entity or another thing. But when you turn, turn your selling power toward yourself, I can see how that would be uncomfortable. Um, and I think as a product marketing leader, that's something that I have to do, you know, those cross-functional relationships really rely on me being able to find tactful ways to <laughs> brag about myself a little bit sometimes, or my team's work, or this is what we've done. And I'm excited about this. Um, and so I think sellers can really turn that like huge selling muscle that they have and just kind of like have a little bit of an out of body experience and be like, <laughs> what would I say? What would I say about myself if I were the product, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I mean, that's a very fascinating topic that I'll probably spend a lot of time thinking on after this, because <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's, in some sense, there it's it's taboo as like a seller to like, you know, in talk about how excellent you are and like how sure. you know how how well you do things, but I think a, a, another perspective is that is you just get so bogged down in the sale pro sales process, like yeah. all of your focus, your energy, your time is focused on like, how can I sell better? Like, mm -hmm. what did I do wrong in this call that I, you know, that I can correct in, in subsequent calls? Um, cause it's, you know, be, becoming good at sales is really just nonstop trial and error. Grind. Yeah, yeah. It's a nonstop, like, like honing yourself. Um, so that, that I'll, I'll spend some time thinking on that. Cause that's really cool. And um, I think so the other point you bring up that's good is that like, because you, you know, if you're a seller trying to make a switch into product marketing, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for feedback. Like, oh, I made X, Y, and Z changes to your content. Can you look at them so that you know, you know what changes I made. I've found that sellers and success people that have hired into those roles are like, they're the best at taking feedback because it's like, oh, that's all you have to say to me. You know, like <laughs> in my other role, you know, I was cold calling and that was the worst. And like, yeah, I can take feedback on my content. Taking feedback is a, a skill, you know, it's a skill that people have to learn. And sellers know that skill just, you know, probably better than anybody at the organization. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, from, you know, from a manager perspective in your one on ones, um, you know, it's uh, the, the, the system that I use is something that I learned like a, over a decade ago, which is like the praise opportunity suggestion. Yeah. Um, so every one on one, it's like you did this really well the opportunity I see and like every single one-on-one -on -one session, you're getting that feedback of you're not doing this great. Here's how you can do better. And here's how I suggest you do that. So innately as part of, you know, a good manager, I would hope sure. um, your manager okay. should be, um, you know, helping you to hone your sales process by providing you that feedback. Um, and so <laughs> when, when you get into it and it's like, Oh, you're, feedback's all we're, all we're doing. Like, yeah, I can, I can pivot. I can make right. changes. I'm really good at that actually. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like back to the original point, like that is something that a hiring manager would love to hear about. Like mm -hmm. here's some times where I took some really hard feedback. Here's some times where I went above and beyond, you know? And I think, yeah, I think sellers are qualified. They just have to find the ways to pitch themselves. And I, like I said, I, as a product marketing leader, am um, always thrilled to hire a seller or a success person who wants to make the switch. Awesome. Uh, and something that you had mentioned as far as, um, you know, roles that are a little bit more like uh, native to sellers um, being sales enablement. Can you explain the uh, the relation to con like our uh, product marketing and sales enablement and a little bit more about what sales enablement does for anybody who's not familiar? For sure. Yeah. So um Specifically at a startup environment where there's maybe like a 10 to 20, maybe even 30 person sales team, sales enablement will be kind of a partnership between marketing, product marketing specifically, and the sales leaders. So the sales leaders will really own kind of the sales fundamentals. What are we calling the sales process? What are we teaching people like the cold calling skills and all of those different types of things? Product marketing will really own sales enablement in terms of like product sales enablement. How are we teaching people to talk about the product? 
Um, and so the reason, like I kind of talked about before, the reason that that's usually my first hire in a startup environment, or, you know, when I, now I'm in a consulting kind of role, um, now I, that's my recommendation to my clients. If they don't have a sales enablement person, I recommend that, you know, they either have me do some of that, or they hire a product marketer that I can work with to do some of that sales enablement. Um, so what sales enablement entails when it's under a product marketing umbrella is a lot of resource creation. So one sheets, slide decks, even product demo videos, things like that. Literally anything that a seller might need in order to sell the product, that's what they're going to be working on. You know, I've even been involved in things like how are we, uh, like what uh, email flows or, you know, can sellers sometimes will slack me and say like, can you look at this email that I wrote? Is it appropriate? Is it, did it, (laughs) is it short enough? Is it long enough? All those different types of things. So, you know, when I hear that, then what I do is I go create, like, here's a great way to create a, you know, flow for your email and things like that. Um, The other thing that product marketers are most often responsible for during the product launch process in terms of sales enablement is like sales trainings. So that includes not only the content of the training, but it also includes thinking about like how far in advance do we need sales to be trained? What does trained even mean? You know, a lot of the time, if it's like a big enough change, I will work with my sales leaders to require some sort of like pitch contest or, you know, you go out and practice this together and do like a mock call, record it, and then submit it to me and your sales leader. And we'll kind of check you off the list. And, you know, so there's like not only the trainings that we have kind of as a team and we tell you what to say, but then you go out and practice saying it to make sure that heaven forbid, no one ever does this, but you know, you just turn off your camera, mute your mic and go, you know, go out for a walk with the dog or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, so those are kind of some things, the, the materials and then like the physical training. And I think generally just really managing that feedback loop with sales. So feedback loop being like that person is going to be responsible for having one-on-ones with all the sales leaders for maybe joining some sales team meetings for really deeply understanding what that team's pain points are, what they need, and then creating materials and trainings to kind of fit that. Even if we're not launching something new, if there's some drastic misunderstandings about what we currently offer, great, let's do some trainings where we brush up on those skills um, or whatever it might be. Awesome. And uh, you mentioned something, uh, and this is more just like uh uh, when, when we were at AdRoll, um, we had that pitch con, uh, competition. Um, so you mentioned that like, you know, having the sales yeah. teams have their pitch competitions, were you responsible for that pitch competition? <laughs> <laughs> I remember a couple, but I think the short answer is probably yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because that pitch competition or competition for anybody listening, I was, uh, I, I was either in week four or week five. So I was still in training and yeah. um and i actually placed second in uh, in the pitch competition um but i had to pitch scott giffis who was the ceo at the time <laughs> okay yes i remember that one it was yep. it the one around like the sales kickoff yep it was scope. it was yes okay yep i do remember that one yes that's <laughs> yep that was me yep. all right so uh, i have you to thank for that super awkward for everybody <laughs> but you won so oh no i came in second so oh, first loser well <laughs> you know whatever only a salesperson would call it first loser we yep. mark call that second place <laughs> <laughs> wonderful all right so you know, I, I think we covered a lot of really good and really helpful information, you know, talking through, um, you know, if you want to get to that next level, if you want to move into marketing, some of the tangible things that you can do, um, you know, in preparation and as well as the interview process, um, you know, I, I think something that would be helpful is like, you know, for those people that are really wanting to make the move into marketing, um, like, what would you tell, like, you know, you before you got the product marketing role at AdRoll um, to, to, to do to prepare for that role? Like, what can you do now to get ready for it? And then, um, like, what are some things that you've learned along the way that specifically would be helpful to a younger you? Yeah. So I think you talked a little bit about it before, but I think find ways in your current role to practice the skills that you're really interested about interested in. So, you know, look at some product marketing job descriptions, find some areas where you're like, I'm, 
okay at this. I'm pretty good at this. I'm great at this. And maybe find some areas where you can get a little bit more exposure and experience. One of my favorite things, especially when I was working at AdRoll, I think the team there was like uniquely prone to this, but people would slack me and just be like, Hey, can I pick your brain for, you know, 30 minutes? I'm really interested in product marketing. Can you talk to me about it? Have some conversations with folks like that, whether it's at your current organization or, you know, even people on LinkedIn who you really like their content. People reach out to me like that, that I don't know that are on LinkedIn all the time. And I'm always happy to say yes. You know, I hope this doesn't open the floodgates now because I don't (laughs) have time to do it all the time. Unfortunately, I would if I could, but like, even if it's just a quick, you know, LinkedIn DM, like what tips do you have for me or, you know, whatever I'm, I think it seems scary to reach out and ask somebody for their time, but more often than not, I'm most, I'm mostly flattered that you thought of me and I'm like excited to give people information. I love helping people, you know, get where they want to go in their careers. So I think practice your skills, build your network, talk to people, have some informational interviews. Um, I think the other thing I'd say is, uh, I talked about it a little bit before, but build your messaging and positioning strategy for yourself. If you just kind of like step back a little bit, do a little bit of a review of the things that you like doing, first of all, the things that you're good at doing, second of all, look at where those intersect and then figure out like, okay, how am I different from other people in the industry? How can I talk about those differences and those value, the the value that those bring to the table, you know? Um, like when I was getting into product marketing, the difference, the differentiated value that I said to Lara that apparently she liked was like, look, I can write. I have worked really closely with our product team. Um, I'm scrappy. I'm confident in my ability to learn things. And I am your target customer. Like I have been your target customer for the last six years. I've used your product inside and out. I work with people who are your target customer. Um, Why not use that? You know, like why not wring as much out of that as we possibly can and use my writing skills to target your target customer, you know, who I have experience talking with. Um, and that will be different for, for you, depending on, you know, what you see as your differentiated value. But I think have kind of like an elevator pitch for yourself. That's very, you know, down to earth and very much like, Hey, yeah, I know that I maybe not the best at X, Y, and Z, but you won't find anybody better at this, this, and this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think the fourth thing would be just come up with some tangible examples that you can have in your back pocket, whether those are things you create, like, I really liked this product. I think their website could be better. So I rewrote the homepage or whatever it might be. Um, or things that you have practiced in your current role. Awesome. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, something that's really important to highlight here is, you know, when you're speaking to like, you know, pitching yourself and what you bring to the table, you know, there's also a lot of research on the role that you're going for and the company and yeah. what they do. Because if mm-hmm. you can, if you can highlight, you know, I have used your product or, um, you know, I, you know, I haven't used your product, but I am your ideal customer profile. And you yeah. can really like, you know, it, it really shows that you're leaned in to, you know, wanting to be, to be a member of the team. Um, yeah. and even if you don't get the role, like that, that speaks a lot to your preparation and to, and to who you are. And even yeah. if you don't get the role, it's an amazing practice because, uh, every interview, if you go into enter every interview that you have with that much preparation, that, you know, that leaned in, yeah. um, it, you're going to have much more success than if you did not by leaps and bounds, because as a hiring manager, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you're prepared, you're interested, you did your research and you took it up a step above and beyond. And you're using that to position why you deserve the role or why I need to hire you. And you're, you're making it hard for me to say no. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, as a hiring manager, and I'm sure you know this as well in your experience, but there are certain things you can teach and there are certain things you can't. Mm-hmm. I can teach somebody about product launch strategy. I can teach somebody how to conduct good win-loss analysis. I can't teach somebody how to go above and beyond. I can't give someone ambition. I can't give someone drive. I can't teach somebody empathy. And so when I'm interviewing somebody, 
obviously I want them to have those fundamentals to a point, but if you can also demonstrate, like as someone who's switching in, you're going to have to over demonstrate those other things that you can't teach and be like, look, I know that there are probably people who are like, quote unquote, better qualified for this role, but you won't find somebody who has more empathy for the customer, who is willing to go above and beyond for you. All of these different types of things that you just can't play, you straight up can't teach people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to go over well for product marketing leaders. And then I think the other thing that I didn't touch on, but I think the types of companies that you look for will really matter in a startup environment, people are much more likely, A, you're going to get more opportunities to learn. Um, You'll have more opportunities to like sit at the table for different things and you'll advance your skills faster. But B, they're more likely for whatever reason um, to hire people who want to make a switch. Um, If you already work at a startup and you have a product marketing team or a product marketing person, why not just reach out to that person and say like, hey, doesn't have to be now, but I'm really interested in switching. If you ever have open roles, can you let me know? We can have a conversation about that. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, your sweet spot is like series A, series B type companies, maybe series C who just really value that like small, scrappy, go-getter attitude, people who can jump in, get the job done, recognize their strengths, recognize their weaknesses, and really just kind of like grind until we all get to where we're going. Right. And and something that uh, I, I think is really important is when when you talk about like, you know, reaching out to your product marketer, reaching out to the yeah. people at your company. Um, because, you know, from a leadership, leadership standpoint, as well as like, now that I'm more on the marketing side, when people raise their hand, like, Hey, I I would love to make a, to make a move to where you're at. Like anything that you, that, you know, you can teach me, um, let me know. Like I always tell people the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but the reason why is because like, you know, from a leadership perspective or, you know, somebody who, uh, you, you have somebody reach out, who's interested, like I will take somebody up on help all the time. So when it comes to projects that come up and it's like, oh, well, you know, how's their quota attainment? Like, are they pacing? Cool. Can I steal them for a little bit to help me with the project? And then you get that exposure because at AdRoll, um, you know, that's, that's how I got pulled in, uh, you know, on the, Gorilla Growth Collective and, mm-hmm. you know, helping with, uh, you know, developing webinars and, you know, writing blog articles is because the opportunity like presented itself and I will raise my hand 100% of the time, especially if it's somewhere that I want to go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a good strategy to just be like, hey, I'll do that. I can do that. I can help you with that. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, it's like, hey, we created a role for you. You know, that's happened to me. And I've done that for other people where I'm like, I want you on my team. So I'm going to like carve we'll out a out. space for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, No, that's wonderful. Um, oh, awesome. I, you know, we covered a lot and, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities to continue the conversation, but yeah. um, what are some, some last parting thoughts that you would like to, to share with anybody listening? I think we've covered, yeah, you mentioned we've covered a lot. I think product marketing is a really interesting field for folks to get into. And I think, Um, You know, we can cover this in future conversations, but one of the things that's really important to me is I'm really passionate about helping people get roles in tech, specifically remote roles and roles that really transform people's ability to like support their families and do so in a way that doesn't take away their entire lives. Um, You know, I'm, I have two kids, two human kids and two fur kids, (laughs) and I really enjoy my personal life. You know, I run, I do triathlons and things like that, but I've also built a career that I'm really proud of. And I think that is most possible in roles in tech. And I think um, I really am passionate about helping folks who, you know, are looking for ways to, you know, make their lives better find those roles that really support their lives. And I think, yeah. So I think people can um, find me on LinkedIn. I talk about that a lot on there (laughs) and about my personal life and how I've structured my career. And I'm pretty much an open book there and in my DMs and all those different types of things. So I look forward to continuing the conversation. 
Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And I very much look forward to it as well. And something else that I, I had thought of earlier, but I, um, I got, we got caught up in the conversation, <laughs> um, is when it, when it comes to, um, like when you want to learn about product marketing or mm. when you want to learn about a role, um, you also, it also doesn't always necessitate you having to reach out to people on LinkedIn because people like yourself, you know, just follow you and you post yep. content about product <laughs> marketing all the time. I and do. So, and so just following people who are, you know, industry leaders or, you know, leaders in, in their profession is an excellent way to start getting exposure because you start to understand how they talk, what the verbiage is, uh, what mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, you talk about uh, jargon, uh, you know, yep. industry jargon or role jargon, because in tech, there's an acronym for everything. And there could <laughs> be a, five acronyms for the same thing, <laughs> depending yep. on on what your role is. Um, so I think even just following following people who have the roles that you're interested in uh, can be a great way to start get your getting your foot in the door and start getting that exposure. Um, and I can also say, um, you know, as a, as that parting thought of, you know, the you know really loving this industry, loving um, loving marketing and and the tech industry and all the things that you can do. I can tell you, as a single dad, I I would not be able to 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 live and thrive. Um, you know, as a single dad, if, if I wasn't in tech, um, like if yeah. I had a job where I had to go clock in a nine to five, it would be infinitely more challenging. So I think yeah. there's a lot of cool opportunities for, for people like myself, you know, single moms or even people just with uh, <laughs> like hobbies that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that make it so that it, it's, it's much more doable because of the fact that you work in a remote environment and it's far more prevalent, even though it's not always necessarily, you know, the, the norm, um, the probability you being able to find those roles is much higher in tech. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm pumped for this podcast because I think you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of followers who have the same kind of way of thinking. So yeah, and hopefully uh, a lot more guests too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Megan, thanks so much for your time and uh, for your energy. Uh, lovely conversation. I know that a lot of the content and the information that you shared is going to be immensely helpful to a lot of people. So thanks so much. Good. I hope so. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks so much for joining this episode of the Dog Leg Left Project. If you find this content helpful, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. We will catch you next time.